Many will remember the days before mobile phones. And in fact, some of you might even remember the early days of television. There is no denying that the way that we have been communicating or are communicating today has grown significantly over a short amount of time. That being said, it seems true that hearing, our ability to hear at least, has not improved all that much. We, I mean, we do have better hearing aids and we have better technology for that. But the problem is, the reality is we've not really found a way to improve the disease that we call selective hearing. And you know what I'm talking about because you do it. I know you do. You skim over emails, you glance at text messages and you decide from the outset whether you're going to read them or look over them. We, we ignore emails that we don't want to read and we, we skim past those messages as if they're really not that important, even though they might contain important information. We selectively choose the things that we want to bring into our heads. And we all practice it in one form or another. And technology, I think, for the better part, has actually made it worse. But selective hearing isn't a, isn't a new problem. It's not something that's caught just this culture or this society by chance. It was a problem even right back in scriptures. And we find that Israel, today as we open up the scriptures, we will find Israel had not been listening to God. They had ignored his messages and as a result, he stopped talking to them because what's the point of talking if no one is listening? And they have this selective hearing issue and they selected the things that they wanted to listen to and ignored the things that they didn't. And today I want to talk to 1 Samuel chapter 3. So if you've got your scriptures open, let's follow along. It'll be on the screen for you as well. But I want you to just follow along as we read this story of Samuel from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Starting at verse 1, it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass that at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of the God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And then the Lord called again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, I, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went up and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called at 
other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I've spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I've told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons have made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Okay, as, as we work through this series, I want us to recognize that while all of these passages have the phrase, here I am, there is a significant amount of differences also attached to them. Samuel, for instance, is just a boy. He's approximately 12 years old at this moment in time. If you want to read how Samuel came to be with the, with the priest Eli, you can read back a couple of chapters. But essentially, he was dedicated to the Lord as a young boy. His mum brought him to the tabernacle and, looked, and Eli looked after him. And he ministered before the Lord as a young man. This particular moment in Samuel's life was very significant for us as well because we, we sometimes wonder if God can actually speak or does speak to young people. And we'll deal with that in just a second. But when we do think that or when we hear that God has spoken to a young person or something like that, we're quick to question that. We wonder whether the person is trying to manipulate our thinking or trying to get something that they want using the phrase that God told me is, is kind of like this warning sign, but it shouldn't be if we are regarding the scriptures the way that they need to be regarded. It's a temptation though to use that phrase and think that we're better than others because we hear the voice of God or, or some other reason like that. I want to make it pretty clear again today that I have never heard the voice of God audibly as I presume Samuel heard at this point in time, seeing it woke him up. I, I've never experienced the voice of God like Samuel experienced it. But in saying that, I have heard God speak to me and I know it's God speaking to me. There is a way in which we hear God and it may not be audibly. It can be. So let us not question the legitimacy of that at that point. It doesn't mean that God hasn't spoken if he hasn't audibly said anything. And there are times when I believe that God will use others to bring a message to us, as we see that he did in this case, Samuel bringing a message to Eli. Interestingly enough, I, I find that as we read the passage just then, that Eli had known his iniquities. He knew the sin that was going on. God pointed that out. He says, I've told Eli of his iniquities. He knows of them, that his sons have been disrespectful, have been doing things that are not pardonable by sacrifice alone. That's essentially what he said. Therefore, I'm going to bring judgment on Eli and his family. So we need to recognize that there in Eli's life, there was a, something that was hindering him from either hearing clearly what God wanted 
or a reluctance to follow through on what he needed to do. And I want to put it to you today. Is there anything hindering you, hindering me, hindering us in our life that might be stopping God from actually speaking to us clearly? Has God been trying to get through to us and trying to get us to understand something? Has he called us by name? But for whatever reason, we have not heard. And so rather than speaking to us, he may need to speak to someone else who then comes to us and we could react negatively to that. But whatever the case, we may not necessarily hear the word of God directly. And it doesn't mean that God isn't speaking. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to hear things. But it does indicate that if we are not hearing God, there is something in the relationship between he and us that is hindering that communication from taking place. Maybe it is selective hearing, that we just don't want to hear what God is saying to us at the moment because we want to do what we want to do. And so Samuel was called of God for a particular time in history. And he had a special assignment. He was a prophet to the nation of Israel, the last prophet before the king of Israel, Saul, the very first king, was anointed by Samuel himself. And what this shows us, this scripture today will show us, is that it's possible to be worshipping God and not know him intimately at the same time. It's possible to be in his presence and yet not know him. Verse 10, we read it just before. It says, now Samuel did not know the Lord, yet he had been ministering before the Lord for some time before that. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him, is what we read before. Samuel had been ministering before the Lord, worshipping the Lord in perhaps years prior to this time, And yet we read that he did not yet know the Lord. It's possible to be in such a state, even in our culture, to be in worship, to know of God, but not know him. And I believe that's where Samuel is at this point in time. That's not a criticism. In fact, I think it should be an encouragement because even though that's the state that I see Samuel in at the moment, God still spoke to him. God still revealed himself to him. He was before God, but working, doing his priestly duties as a young man in training under Eli. So so the good news, the encouragement is that even though he didn't know God, even though he was not thinking or even wondering about that, because he lived in an age where the voice of God was rare, we read, that that did not hinder God from reaching out. It didn't stop him from, from reaching into Samuel's life as a young man. Samuel may not have known God intimately, but God still called him. And interestingly enough, God knew Samuel because he called him by name. And I don't know where any of you are today, spiritually speaking, but I do know this. I know that God 
has a plan for your life. I know that the plan is a good plan. I know that he will do anything to ensure that you understand the plan. And I am confident that he will reach into your life in the most obscure ways at times to make sure that you know of his presence and understand what he wants you to do. I believe that God wants us to know. It's not a hidden secret. But because of our busyness, because of our distractions of life, the technology and all of those sorts of things, often we don't even realize that God is trying to interject into our society. We're selectively choosing the things that we want to listen to. And it could be good things. It's not even that they're bad things to listen to. It's just life. But they're not the best things to choose. Most of us, most of us would acknowledge that our lives are too busy. Most of us would recognize that there are things that we are doing which we would rather not have to do, that time restraints are a problem. But the reality is that we have exactly the same amount of time that anyone in history has had. A 24-hour period day. How we fill that time really depends on where we choose our priorities. And when in our busyness, rather than stepping back so often, what we do is step back out of the wrong things. We, we get too busy to attend church or we're too busy or too tired to end up in a small group discussing the word of God, accountability times. We step out of fellowship because we're so tired and busy from all the things that we're doing. We just need me time. And we, we retract from the very things that we should be investing in. We rarely pray and we wonder why we ever, or we rarely hear God speak directly to us. The reality is we don't put ourselves in a very good place to hear the word of God. While age is certainly no limitation, neither is our understanding of him, but we do need to make sure that we listen, that we are attentive and seeking him. We need to be recognizing what we're doing. So when God calls us, we won't selectively ignore him. We will choose to listen to him. So second point that I want to share with you today is that it's possible that we may hear God speaking, but not recognize that it's from God. I know Samuel was young. And he had clearly not heard the voice of God prior to this. The scriptures tell us that. And I think it's important that they've told us that. And that's, and that's not a judgment on Samuel. It's, it's not even perhaps a judgment on Eli. It's just the way it is. But God reaches out into Samuel's life at this moment in time so that he recognized, perhaps not at first, God's calling him, but he did recognize he was being called. And so as a young man, young boy, 12 years old or so, his first instinct is to run off to Eli and say, you called me. No, I didn't. Go back to bed. Three times that happens before 
Eli realizes that the Lord is actually speaking to this young man. So God's call may not be easily recognized for us. Even though he might be speaking, we may not recognize that it's God who's speaking to us. And reality is insights come to us and or revelations are revealed to us. And it feels like that sometimes God has just broken through because suddenly out of the blue, these things happen. But in all honesty, God's probably been trying to get through to us in, in many ways prior to that. Something in Samuel's life or Eli's life perhaps has just made sense for the very first time. And that happens in our lives as well. When suddenly God breaks through and we're able to, to hear him, it may not be clear at first, we may not even know what we're to do, but it was, it's like our aha moment when I get it, Lord. I understand what you're wanting me to do. You may, may have thought that was just your conscious thoughts or your conscience thinking. Samuel heard God speaking audibly, and he didn't know that it was God. And so he runs off to Eli thinking it was him calling. Sometimes I think we can do the same sort of thing. Maybe you've been wondering if God has been calling you. Maybe you, you sense something, but it hasn't made any sense. Perhaps you have a sense that something needs to change or that you have a sense that you need to do something. But you're not sure that this is God calling you to do this or not. And I think if we're honest, most of us have had those times. It hasn't been clear. Samuel ran off to Eli because it wasn't clear to him. And one of the best things that we can do, if we want to understand, if we want to know and begin to have clarity about the voice of God and to hear the voice of God and how it feels and senses and we listen to it, perhaps one of the first steps that you need to do, we need to all do, is to go to a mentor. Find someone that you can run to. Go to the right person who, who will be able to confirm in your, your thinking that maybe God is calling you. Or no, that isn't of God. Ask God to lead you to that right person, the, the mentor for you who, who might be able to help you, at least in the early stages, to understand what God is saying. Because I think as young children, young Christian children, one of the hardest things to know is, is this God speaking to me or is this just me speaking to me? Is this just what I want, my will? I want to make sure that God is speaking to me. Find a mentor. Find someone that you can trust. Someone that will invest in you. And make sure that you listen to what they say to you. As, as Samuel listened to Eli, you listen to your mentor. So Eli recognizes this is the voice of God and he gives Samuel the right words to say. He says, if it happens again, you answer him. Say, Lord, I'm listening. Your servant is listening. And suddenly, uh, well, not so much suddenly, after it all, he realizes after, after Samuel has explained what God has said to him, Samuel confirms it again. He said, it's the Lord who's speaking. That's back down in verse 18. We'll get to that in just a minute. 
Maybe you haven't heard God speaking like this. Maybe you haven't even heard him speaking at all, full stop. Listen to me, because even when you can't hear him, even when it feels like God is silent, we read the very first verse or two where it says, in the day when the voice of the Lord or the word of the Lord was rare, even though it might feel that God is not speaking or he's hiding from us, he is still at work around us. Don't give up reading the word of God because it doesn't feel like he's close. Don't quit on praying because it doesn't feel like he's near. Read the word of God with more intent. Pray with more fervor. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Seek him. Clarify in your spirit that this is the Lord. And if you're not sure, go to your mentor and talk to them and question it if you're in doubt, because God will speak. There's no doubt about that. He speaks through our circumstances. He speaks through the word. He speaks through our prayer. He speaks through the church, the body of Christ. And when all of those things confirm it, when all of those things agree, we can be pretty confident that we can pursue him with all of our heart. Constantly through the scriptures, we are told to pursue him. And when we do, the scriptures say, he will be found. He's not hiding from us so that we, it's not a game of hide and seek. He doesn't hide from us and laugh when we can't find him at all. Because Deuteronomy chapter 4 says this, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Proverbs 8 verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Matthew 7 tells us that ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Acts 17, 26 says from one man, he, God, created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise, when they should fall, and he determined their boundaries. Verse 27, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. He's never far away. God has always wanted to, for, to be found. He wants us to seek him with all of our heart. There's many other scriptures throughout the scriptures that point and say these same things. If you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with your entire heart, pursue me and I'll, I'm not hiding. Don't give up when God seems far away. Don't give up spending quality time in prayer, quality time in reading and studying the word of God and seeking him more intentionally every single moment. Because I think as believers, as busyness of life takes over, what we do so often is we 
pull those things that we should be doing to the background to allow us more times to do the things that we want to do ourselves. We can't afford to do that. Don't give up spending quality time with with fellow believers. Don't quit on being part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Satan's intent that we will do exactly that. It's It's his desire that the body of Christ would crumble. He wants division into the body of Christ so that we miss the voice of God. He wants us to be so distracted by all these other things that are taking place in our life that he wants us to be focused on all those things and miss the fact that God is calling us. He has a plan for us and he has a job for us to do. Let's not isolate ourselves, even though it's been difficult this year. We've been forced into some kind of isolation. But we, and I've said it many times this year, that God's word has never been in isolation and never will be in isolation. It's never been out of the equation. While we might have been in lockdown over this past year, God's word has never been in lockdown. And we need to be encouraged. We need to faithfully serve him and help be part of what God is calling us to do. We need to be listening to him so we grow spiritually. Third thing I want to share with you is the message is not always easy. And we haven't read it yet, but I'll read it in just a moment. But when, fi- when Samuel finally heard from God's voice, he heard and understood the message. He knew what God wanted him to do. He knew the message and he knew it was for Eli, but it was a really tough message. What basically God said to him is that this is what I want you to tell Eli. His, his family's going to be destroyed. And Samuel struggled with that. And I would too, and I'm sure most of us would. But let's pick it up in verse 15. After God had spoken to him, it says, So Samuel laid down until morning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, which is what he would normally have done. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. I wonder how much sleep he had after God had spoken to him. I wonder if he'd actually gone back to sleep after God had given him that message because the message that he had received was not going to be well received. In his head, that's what I'm sure he was thinking. How can I tell Eli that he's doomed? But even then, even knowing that, even having a tough message to deliver, Samuel is completely obedient to the Lord in delivering a message that was not nice. Watch what goes on in verse 16. It says, Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, Here I am. And he said, What is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. And then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, Samuel, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. God may be calling you right now. 
God may have interjected into your life right now. It may not be what you want to hear. He may be saying to you to give up something, to start something or do something that is not what you want to hear at this moment in time. It might actually create more questions than it does answers for you. But Samuel's response in being completely, it says he hid nothing from him. That ought to be our response. That when God is trying to speak, even though it's not what we want to hear at the moment, our response ought to be completely obedient to him. It's to fully obey what we have been called to do. And I don't know what that is for you specifically at this moment. I'm confident, though, that there are many who God is trying to speak to, but because of our lifestyle, because of our family situation, because of things that are going on in our life at the moment, the God aspect has just been relegated to the back door. I'll get to it some point, but for now, I've got other more important things to deal with. If we are unwilling to obey him at any point, we will more than likely find that the work that God has for us will not be achieved and we will end up feeling like our life has not been fulfilled. There'll be a lack of fulfillment in our life. And I'm confident that there are many walking around in our society who have no purpose who have no sense of calling, no sense of what to do. Maybe what you've invested in has just been ripped out throughout this coronavirus aspect of it. And now you're left wondering, what is my purpose in life? What is what God want me to do? Listen to God. Sink your head deeply into reading what his word talks about. Pray intentionally. Seek counsel from a good mentor if that's where you, where you may need to go to. If you're not clear on what God is saying, then make yourself or put yourself into the right place to be hearing the word of God. Verse 19 tells us that when Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. I think that's an encouragement for us. When Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and he let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, God was with Samuel in a very specific and special way because from a young boy, this man learnt what it meant to hear the voice of God and be obedient to him. And that's what I believe God is looking for in each of us, even in our society, in our culture. Jesus reminded his disciples in Matthew 5, he says, you as the disciples, as followers of Christ, you are the light of the world and the city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and as a result of that, they will glorify your father in heaven. When God calls us, 
When God reaches into our life, when God calls us, it is an invitation to join him in the work that he is doing already. God's call on Samuel's life was to, to show Eli what he was about to do because of Eli's inability to do what he was supposed to do. When God calls us, when he speaks into our lives, he is wanting to invite us or join him in doing the work that he has for us. He's, he's quite capable of doing the work for himself, but he invites you and I to be part of the work that he's doing. It's the biggest delight, the biggest joy is to be invested in and doing what we know God is calling us to do at any moment in time. It's not always easy. There will be difficult tasks, difficult messages, difficult opportunities, but the joy of the Lord is there. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is exciting work. When, when we are invested in the work that God has called us to do, when we are doing the things that he has called us to do, it's, it's this opportunity for joy. It's the opportunity for rejoicing. If you have ever been in a conversation where you've had the privilege of leading someone to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what I'm saying. You'll, you'll understand the, the joy that's inside when we pray for people and they say, I want the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. For almost... 15 years, I led the South Queensland district of the Wesley Methodist Church, their district youth camp. And without exception, without exception, it was hard work. There was many late nights, early mornings prior to camp. There were many late nights and sleepless nights in and early mornings in camp. Preparing for it, and spending a week with hyperactive teenagers, usually about 120, 140 of them. It was hard work, but by the end of the week that we spent together, the end of the week, I always, without question, reached a point in that week where I didn't want to come home. Not because I didn't like being at home, but I was finding myself doing what I believe God was calling me to do. And there was joy in that, even though it was hard work at times, even though there was a lot of disappointments. And it wasn't always easy. We had our struggles, but God was in the messages. God was in those times. And I can remember witnessing physical healing in one night that we shared where, where one young girl's leg she was born with it shortened by about three inches, grew in front of our eyes. I witnessed that as teenagers were praying for this girl. Not me, not one of the leaders, but teenagers, her friends were praying and it happened before our eyes. I've seen lives transformed. People who come in with horrible attitudes and, and, and you know right from the beginning that there is problems in this person's life. But they come, have committed their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And from that moment, it's instantly different. Every high school camp that I've been on, many more since this time, 
The moment that people give their heart to the Lord, the camp changes. And the most rewarding part of all of those things was being able to share the love of Jesus and see lives transformed before our eyes. If you have never experienced those sorts of experiences, those sorts of feelings, I want to say that you have missed out on something that is available to you. It's available to anyone, everyone. 120, 140 screaming teenagers may not get you excited. It does for me. But I know that that's not for everyone, but I do know that for some, seeing 100 screaming teenagers at some event where, they're in, where their lives are transformed before our very eyes, that's a joy. But for others, even being near that many people would be a problem. Or maybe for you, it's primary school children where you just have the, the innocence of questions and, and see the aha moments come before their eyes. You love that and experience that. That too may well be where God is calling you. Or maybe it's in a, in a seniors meeting or something mixing with people who you've got a hundred screaming seniors in an event and you see their lives changed right before your very eyes. Wouldn't that be wonderful? There is something unique about knowing and seeing the work of God at that point in time. Or you may even find that the most enjoyable thing that God is calling you out to do is to sit down one-on-one -on -one with a cup of coffee and just share your love for the Lord with them to invest time into their lives. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, I want to encourage you to do it fully and without question, helping people understand that God has a plan for their life, that there is purpose and there is meaning in this life. It's beyond the busyness that we invest in, in normally. Whatever God is calling you to do, it's an opportunity for us to perhaps talk with a colleague at work or a family member or whatever it is. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not as to men. Knowing that from the day, sorry, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. The message that you receive from Jesus Christ is not always going to be an easy message. It might not be what you really want to hear. It may be that you've been given a job to talk to somebody that you really don't want to talk to. And the message itself might even be difficult to relay on because of circumstances. It might be that God is calling you to deliver a tough message and you're concerned about how it might be received. It may be that God is wanting to take you or take the message for you to take the message to someone and you know that it's not going to be received well. Remember Jonah a few weeks ago? Jeremiah the prophet, he's another one. 
that was given a message from God to take an, a word to the nation of Judah and Israel. He was basically told that the message that he had to give them was that God was going to destroy them. And then he tells Jeremiah, says they're not going to listen. In fact, I want you to do this as a lifelong calling, but they're not going to listen to you. What a lonely, hard message for Jeremiah at that moment in time. God says to Jeremiah, says they're not going to listen. They're going to criticize you. They're going to question your message. They're going to doubt you. They're not going to trust you. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be left alone and lonely. But I want you to take that message to them anyway. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, your answer to him needs to be, here I am, your servant is listening. Having the conversation with whoever that will do whatever is necessary with whoever is necessary. Do what God wants you to do. Your lives need to be an example. Our lot, the way that we live our life needs to be an example to those that live in darkness. The scriptures tell us, and it's a true, it's just a fact of nature, is that you, darkness and light cannot coexist. If there is darkness in the room and you switch on a light, the darkness disappears. You can't have both running at the same time and have both forms in place at the same time. When light comes into a room, darkness disappears. Our lives need to be light, as we read before, and we need to live as an example to those who live in darkness. 1 Peter says, to do that, we need our conduct to be honourable amongst the Gentiles. That when they speak against you as an evildoer, they may, by your good works, which they, des they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, our lives should so reflect that of Christ that even if those who are evil speak up against us, their eyes would be opened that they might see by the good works, the way that we live our life, the glory of Christ. We can't live in the light and live in the darkness at the same time. We can't compromise our values in Christ and expect that our light will shine brightly. It, it, because it can't. If, our, if we're devaluing our values, if we're compromising our values, darkness will start to creep in. The light will begin to dim. You can't be following Jesus Christ and following the world at the same time because they're polar opposites. They're heading in different directions. God does have a plan for our lives. He has a plan for your life. It's a good plan, but you can be confident that it will be impossible to fulfill God's plan for your life if we are not led by the Holy Spirit. If we are going to try and do it in our own way, we are not going to be able to do that. The only way that we will be able to fulfill the plan that God has for us is to trust him, to be led by the Holy Spirit so that he will be able to sustain us as we go through it. The scriptures tell us... <clears throat> 
that Samuel grew in the Lord and the Lord was with him and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And as a result of that, it tells us that everyone in Israel knew that he was a prophet of God. Everyone knew Samuel. He was highly respected as a prophet. Often his message wasn't nice, but he was respected nevertheless. And when we grow in wisdom and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we are called to do, God will see to it that the work that he has given us, that he has prepared in advance for us, will be completed. And it will be fulfilled that our life will take on new meaning, will have new purpose, will have joy in what we're doing. We may not have all the things that the world offers. We might not have the latest technology or the nicest place, the nicest clothes. We may not have all those things. But then why would we want them when we have treasure in heaven that far exceeds anything that this world could possibly offer? We can actually afford to leave the cheap joy, cheap treasures of this earth alone, knowing full well that we have treasure in heaven where no one can get access to that at all. It won't be destroyed. So no matter how old you are, no matter what walk of life that you come from, the first step, the first step to hearing God's call on your life is to seek him out. And as I said right at the start, Samuel wasn't even looking for him. So even if you're not seeking him out, he is, may well be calling you at this moment in time. Worship him. Trust him. Honour him. Don't give up when things get tough because they will get tough. I promise you that. Life is messy. But God may very well be calling you and you don't even realise that it's God who's calling you. Maybe you've run off to other things to find out whether the voice is from that place or not. Seek godly counsel and be quick to obey the work that God has on your life at this moment in time. May God bless you as you seek him and honour him. May God honour you in the way that you listen and follow through in him. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the, for the joy of knowing you. Even though at times our life is so messed up and busy and consumed with stuff. And Father, as I read through this passage in Samuel again today, I realize very quickly that, that you are able to impact me and impact our lives even when we're not ready for it. Help me to be as responsive and eager as what I see Samuel was. To finally attune my hearing, to not be selecting about what I want to listen to and what I don't, but Father, my, my hearing would be fine-tuned to yours, that each of us who have been part of today might understand that. And may your name be honoured in all areas. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.